Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome once again to the WP Builds Podcast. You have reached episode number 356, entitled What's the State of Teams in the WordPress Space? It was published on Thursday the 11th of January 2024. My name's Nathan Wrigley and I'll be joined by our guest James Giroux in a few minutes' time, but before that, a few bits of very short housekeeping. The first thing to mention is that if you are interested in all the things that we do, we would love for you to share that, share it on Facebook, share it on our Twitter, share it wherever you like. A good place to find out what we're doing is our schedule page, wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule. And if you want to keep in touch, wpbuilds.com forward slash subscribe. There's an email list there which you can sign up to and we promise not to spam you. The other thing to mention is that if you are interested in having your own product or service inside our podcast, well, we do some advertising, we do some sponsorship slots. You'll hear one in just a moment. If you would like your product or service to be featured on our podcast, which gets out to quite a lot of the WordPress audience, head to wpbuilds.com forward slash advertise and have a poke around there. If you've got any questions about that, just contact me in any way, shape or form. The last thing to mention is that now that Black Friday is well and truly over, we're back to our regular deals page, wpbuilds.com forward slash deals. And there you will be able to find a filterable, searchable list of the deals in the WordPress space. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WP builds. One more time, go.me forward slash WP builds. And sincere thanks go to GoDaddy Pro for their really large ongoing support of the WP builds podcast. Okay. What have we got for you today? Well, as I said at the top, we've got an episode with James Giroux. It's all about the state of teams in the WordPress space. Well, what does that mean? Well, James Giroux is the founder of Team WP, and they've carried out a very extensive survey called the Team Experience Index. And it's a survey trying to gather information all about teams in the WordPress space, what they do well, what they don't think they do well, and how they can improve. Honestly, the detail that James has gone into is pretty incredible. So if you work in a WordPress team, or you're thinking of starting one or joining one, and you've got an intuition that there might be processes, thoughts, ideas, ways of improving, well, this survey will point you in the direction of ideas and things that you may wish to adopt within your team or company. Really interesting and pretty much unlike any other episode we've done. I hope that you enjoy it. I am joined on the podcast today by James Giroux. Hello, James. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Great to be here with you again, Nathan. Thank you. It's always always good to point out when guests have gone above and beyond. It's silly o'clock where James lives, so I really appreciate the fact that you've you've got up early and you're making the effort to talk to me 
We're going to talk today a little bit about a, a project which we've spoken about in the past. It's called Team WP. Um, before we get stuck into that, James, just very quickly, give us a brief, a brief bio. Tell us who you are and how long you've been working with WordPress. So I've been in the WordPress ecosystem now for, oh gosh, uh, 12 to 15 years, something crazy like that. That's a long um, time, I've, yeah. I've been all around. Um, I've worked in uh, big marketplace companies like Envato. I've worked in hosting companies uh, and, and large uh, uh, product companies like Gravity Forms and Stellar WP. And now I find myself in the unenviable position maybe of being a entrepreneur again, a founder of uh, Team WP. Um, Team WP is really trying to help brings i guess the best way to describe it is like modern hr or modern ways of working into um wordpress product companies where maybe they don't have access to the kind of um, hr resourcing that uh, other larger companies might have access to so that's kind of where it started from what was the what was the initial thinking there was it a sort of gap that you saw did you notice that certain companies perhaps smaller companies that didn't have the time and the money to invest in those kind of thought processes, because it takes time, right? You can't just come up with good procedures uh, by chance. You have to sit down and work it out and maybe use the experience of people's previous jobs and things like that. Where, where did the inspiration come from? Did you see the need fairly glaringly out in the community? Definitely. I mean, you don't have to go far to see where um, the tools are missing. I think that's probably the best way to describe it is, is yeah, the, the longer you're, you're working, the longer you're doing things, the bigger your proverbial toolbox gets right you you figure out how to communicate or how to lead or how to navigate things uh in in different ways using different approaches and um i've, I've been very lucky in that the experiences that i've had uh, and the opportunities i've i've been in have have involved a lot of extra training um and uh but being in the community and and hanging out with folks um you know you just see things around like ways of working or team norms or you know like just how we approach problem solving how we approach dealing with conflict and uh, culture and things like that it, there was just a lot of opportunity for um maybe different approaches or different styles of of um having those conversations that were quite well known out in the rest of the tech ecosystem, but maybe not as well known in WordPress. And I found that kind of a head scratcher. And so I thought, well, here's maybe an opportunity to to just bring in some of my own experiences and not saying that I've got it all figured out either, but uh, you know, um, having done this for a while now, maybe I can bring in some of those experiences to to help support other teams to do things better because yeah, we want nice. WordPress to grow. We want it to be sustainable. We want companies to last for the long term and not feel like they, you know, hit a wall, especially developer founders who are, you know, maybe like more interested in the the tech uh, than the team and uh, being able to offload some of that team thinking um, or provide some answers there, uh, I think is where I'm hoping to go with okay. Team WP. Yeah, that's really interesting. So if you are freelancer or you're just beginning something if you're in the wordpress space pay attention because day uh, james has got some well data basically that he's going to talk about today because when you launch this initiative we've spoken in the past about it 
Um, and you, at that point, were in the process of gathering up some data. You have something called the Team Experience Index, which is an annual survey which you're going to be conducting, measuring team experience within our ecosystem, the WordPress ecosystem. Uh, you've done that. You've got, I, I believe I'm right in saying you've now done that for the first time, hopefully the first of many. And you're on the podcast really today to to tell us what the data has told you. Have I got that right? Absolutely correct. Perfect. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So I could break it down. James has been very helpful in that he's he's we we share some show notes when we do these podcasts, and James has broken everything down for me to see. I suspect a lot of that will get copy and pasted into the show notes. So if you're listening to this, I don't know, you're out for a run or you're driving your car and you want to have a mnemonic for something, just go to the show notes, look for this episode, search for James Giroux. It'll be there so you can see all of these. But let's let's spell it out. What did your survey intend to find out? And let's get into what it did find out. Yeah. So we uh, conducted the Team Experience Index, which uh, for... Anybody who's uh, ever been in a company, you might know this also as an employee engagement survey. And the whole idea is to survey or ask questions to people who work in, in WordPress teams about what it's like to work there. What we have done is we have applied uh, a lens to it, a framework that uh, I've developed at TeamWP called the Open Team Framework. Now, the Open Team Framework basically is eight different principles uh, around uh, culture, ways of working, kind of like how we approach things. And it's just more of a helpful guide for being able to like categorize things and, and develop measures that are easy for people to grab and onto. Um, so the eight are transparent leadership, authentic purpose, candid communication, empowered ownership, collaborative decision-making, continuous learning, inclusive culture, and intentional recognition. Uh, so we we basically ask questions in each of those areas to try to get a better understanding of how people are feeling about those things. And then uh, also some demographic information as well, just to get a sense of who's actually participating in the survey. Now, okay. what those uh, questions do is they provide us with a temperature check, for lack of a better term, mm -hmm. of how people are feeling in that moment about their environment. So a good example of a question would be, you know, our company leaders have communicated a vision that motivates me. So that's a, you know, a question uh, or a Likert statement is what it's called. And we ask people to tell us how much they agree with that statement. And that helps us to develop a score. We take all the scores from all of these statements that are there. And we have what we call the open team score, which is the average of all of those together. So that's a little bit of that. Okay. Uh, do you yeah. want me to go into more, Nathan? Yeah, I can, I can just keep going. Just a couple of questions around that. Sure. Firstly, I think all of those eight points, the the the, the you, they're they're mostly two or three words, and they all make sense except the last one. To my, it it doesn't sort of. I just don't get it straight off the bat. So could you just explain that last one? What is intentional recognition? Like I say, I think the others are all self-explanatory. What's that last one? So, in a lot of um larger workplaces, one area of focus for HR is in the, the concepts or the area of reward and recognition. Got it. Recognition right. in particular is something that springs up across the board. doesn't matter what company you're in um, as being an area of need, right? Where people don't feel like 
the work they do is recognized in a way that is rewarding for them, right? Or, you know, kind of validating for them. So when uh, we were coming up or when I was coming up with the framework, uh, intentional recognition, I wanted to capture that idea of recognition, that idea of reward, but I wanted to wrap it in this idea that it's not something that just happens. It's something you have to be intentional about. It's something you have to build systemically or systematically into the way that you work with your teams. Got it. So that's that's where the concept yeah. of intentional no, recognition that's, came from. Yeah, perfect. Thank you. Okay, so that was the only wrinkle. Everything else, like I said, will be in the show notes. There's an explanation of each of those, but that's really helpful. Okay, so my first question around the survey is, you obviously got some responses because you have some data. Did you get enough responses? Let's just put it that way. Did you get enough responses to 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 feel confident that the data that you're going to present to us is in fact a decent measure. You know, obviously, if you had two replies to that form, we would question it. But if you had 10,000, we would be, you know, over the moon. That would be amazing. You don't need to go into the numbers, but are you you broadly, were you happy with that? Would you like that much again next time? Or you, yeah, it would be better to have more. I think that's a great question. A bit loaded. Um, and I can go into um, what I think happened. One With anything like this, it's about visibility, right? And where where people are able to find it, to fill it in, um, and how many companies are getting on board. So this first crack at it, I think, um, is a reflection of uh, who was present in the places where it was being promoted. And that honestly primarily yeah. was through uh, social media. So if you are active in social media, chances are you would have seen something about this if you listen to a podcast. Um, so there's a level of engagement with the WordPress community that you wouldn't need to have in order to do that. So um, because of that, we're dealing with generally more engaged uh, WordPress folks than less engaged. That's an WordPress interesting folks. observation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. Sorry, I interrupted. Carry on. No, no, that's great. And so the score and the scores and, and the demographic even reflects that. Um, and so I suspect as we go forward, the benefits that teams get, even just from knowing that this exists, hopefully in the future will lead to more diversity in in terms of who is encouraged to fill it out yeah we have some other little things that are cool too so we run a paid version of the team experience index called culture compass and that's uh something that any team can can just do on their own for their own private um data and uh, what's really cool is any question that that team fills in that is a question from the team experience index we feed that data in so the the score the scores in general will become this kind of like living thing over time so that as as new data is entered old data is removed um and so that score just continues to evolve over time which yeah. will be really cool to see that's a really interesting observation about the yeah the the nature of the people who are contributing first time around i guess time will tell as as time goes on you know you get more and more data and as as with every piece of data the the the, the more history it has i guess the more people come to trust yeah. it and so on so start from somewhere yeah right? exactly right yeah yeah really nice so all right let's dig into it you've got um you've got next to those eight 
uh, areas, you have a, a score. And in, in, in every case, it's a double-digit score. So we might see transparent leadership, 86, authentic purpose, 87. I guess we need to explain what that number actually means. Is that something out of 100? What, does it, what do those numbers actually represent? Yeah, so um, how we get those scores is we ask um, a series of questions. So each of those kind of top level um, scores is based on the averages of the combined um, scores of all of the, the sub questions. So for example, I think with uh, transparent leadership, there's actually uh, 10 different questions uh, or statements that are given and the scores range from uh, 80% to 92%. And so the, the final score of 86% is the, the net positive score or the average positive score of all of those questions. Got what it. I mean by that is uh, you can choose to answer um, strongly disagree, disagree, neutral, agree, or strongly agree. Um, and what we do is we take the net positive or the, 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 the positive, the neutral, and the negative, and we have different uh, numbers around that, percentages. And that's what that score is. So, got it. So, the maximum that we could possibly expect would be a hundred. The minimum would Correct. be zero. Yep. And so, anything, anything in the sort of seventies, eighties, or nineties. I'm, I'm thinking about exams. You know, if you go sit at a, uh, an exam at school or something, when you get into the nineties, you're feeling pretty happy about yourself at that point yeah. because ninety percent in any kind of test really does represent pretty significant coverage of the the things that you've been asked about. And okay, let me just go through the results. And given what I've just said, 80s and 90s feels like we're in a good space. This is what we've got. Transparent leadership, 86. Authentic purpose, 87. Candid communication, 90. Empowered ownership, 90. Collaborative decision-making, 88. Continuous learning, 90. Wow. Inclusive culture, 93. Boy, that's really hit it out of the park, hasn't it? Intentional recognition, 86. Now, that data from the outside, just staring at it, it's screaming at me, everything's great. Yep. Is that the right conclusion to draw? The, well, if you, if you remember back to what we were talking about, too, about who fills in the survey, mm. for me, when I see overwhelmingly positive numbers like this, it's actually a red flag. Um, and it's a red flag not because um, there's anything wrong with the results, but it's a, rep it's a reflection of the highly engaged group that is filling this out. Interesting, right. So I suspect that if we were able to draw from teams, um, you know, and where maybe they weren't on social or they weren't active necessarily in the WordPress community, but were WordPress, um, you know, just professionals, uh, that score would go down a little bit more or would be more reflective. Okay. And that's okay. Um, but what this shows us is that those people who were able to find it, um, are feeling particularly good about it. Um, and I, so I would just say with a grain of salt, you know, like, um, uh, that the results are, are maybe skewed to, to those who are already pretty excited about WordPress. Um, mm. and that's cool too. Yeah. So the, the, the smallest score, if that's the right word, I don't really know, is transparent leadership, 86. Mm. And the highest one that we've got is inclusive culture, 93. So given the grain of salt that you've just mentioned, and given that there may be some caveats about the, the nature of the people who were able to take 
this this time around, this first time around. What are the what are the conclusions that you are beginning to tease out? Obviously, you, you've drawn the conclusion that you potentially like a different cohort or a, a, a bigger cohort of people filling it out next time. But aside from that, what are the the conclusions that you're beginning to draw this first time around? Yeah, I think um, the the thing that comes through is is and and when you have when we do these these kinds of services, we we intentionally add in in questions in different spots that sort of ask the same question, but or are looking for the same kind of answer, but just asked a different way. Um, each of these principles are not siloed. They're, they're kind of dependent on, codependent on each other. And so there's crossover as well between them. Um, so when we look at, at some of the responses, we're looking for where, the, where are the strengths in, in each of these particular areas and where are the opportunities for growth? Right. Um, so with each section, even though like we talk about transparent leadership having 86%. Um, being the lowest positive score, if you actually look in the results, the question, there is a question in here uh, that had the score of 80% and it was the lowest in the entire bucket. Um, and that was our company effectively directs resources, funding people and effort toward company goals. Hmm. So what, what that indicates to us is that, you know, the leadership is either not accurately explaining how they make decisions around where um, effort is going. So when we talk about effort, we talk about like where where they're directing people to work specifically in. So maybe it's not as clear, um, or um, they're not explaining how that that impact is is um, being seen in in the company as well. Yeah. So you know that's which you know when you look at that, you go, oh yeah, transparent leadership that makes sense. And so we can we can take that and go, okay. If we want to see that score grow, right? Transparent leadership as a whole grow. Here are three or four things, or one or two things that that any company could do to actually elevate that within their team. Perfect. Yeah, I think what we should do is unpack each of those eight areas one at a time. Um, sure. Because obviously, behind it, as you've just described, there's a bunch of questions. I don't see those questions, but you've got the data there. So if we if we take them one at a time, you can explain. Uh, a little bit about how this came out. So y- you maybe did just do the transparent leadership one, but let's let's cover it anyway, just in case we missed any of the, the bits and the pieces. So transparent leadership came out as 86. Mm. And the the things that you've written in the show notes, I'll just read them out and then you can elaborate. Uh, possible recommendations would be share regular updates on company progress, communicate a clear and motivating vision and be transparent about resource allocation. Now you just covered that one, but is there anything you wanted to to add to what you've written there? I think this is one that is that comes out a lot even in just conversations I have with um, teams and people that are working in WordPress. Anytime I I do a, a you know like a social media post on this it gets a lot of traction. People want to know what is going on. Um I can tell you stories about how um, I used to have this when I was at Envato, when I was at Gravity Forms. Anytime you're working with, especially like third-party developers, like maybe you've got an ecosystem where you've got a core product and um, you've got people that are are curious about it. Even in WordPress, we have this, right? We all get excited and amped up to hear Matt's state of the word when we talk about WordPress because we have this desire 
to know where things are going so that we can accurately position ourselves to be ready to either capitalize or survive whatever the impending change or, or, or thing is going to be. And so consider that in your own company, in your own team as well, that people are curious um, to know what's going on so they can feel that sense of like positioning of, of how they fit into that. Um, so one of the things, yeah, we, you know, sharing regular updates on company progress is just, are we going where we think we're going? You know, you, you consider how many teams right now in the, in the ecosystem are, are going through layoff rounds or, or right. you know, having to let, let staff go. And that conversation becomes easier if people are in the know about how things are going business-wise, right? Like people will get clear about it, um, uh, clear-eyed. So yeah, that's, that's what I would say on transparent leadership. But it's that, not just about communicating all the things all the time, right? You want to be um, strategic about it. Um, but being, being consistent, I think is, is part of it as well. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And now that I give it some thought, it isn't really any surprise that that one of all eight got the, the, the least score because it's, it's, it's the thing that you do, isn't it? You're at, you're at the water cooler and you're talking about things. And typically the, the disgruntled conversations usually are, are about leadership. You know, you, you're concerned about the way that your boss is behaving towards you or the, the I don't know, the, the way that you haven't been communicated about you've, you've been moved from one team to another and you never knew about it. Or, as you just said, job security at the moment is a real thing. And if you just don't have any insight, any window into how the company is more broadly doing then you're going to be worried on that level. Yeah. And I suppose that that feeds into that. Yeah, that's really interesting. Okay, so next one, slightly higher, but still second lowest is authentic purpose. I'll just read what you said. Authentic purpose came out as an 87. Uh, and the suggestions or the recommendations, I should say, are ensure team members understand how their work contributes to the company goals and foster a sense of pride in the company's accomplishments. So I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, this one is interesting because it it speaks to kind of like that that internal side of it a bit. And it's a little bit more ethereal, right? When you when you consider that we're we're talking a lot about how people feel about where they work um, and the work that they do. Um, some of the the questions we ask in this space are things like, um, my work has special meaning. This is not just a job. Oh um, and Wow. And, um, you know, that did really well. It actually scored 92%. Um, but then, uh, you know, it's also including things like, I rarely think about work looking for a job elsewhere. Um, and, or I see myself working here in two years time. It speaks to like that sense of, of motivation, but also like, I know how my work contributes to our company goals, or I would recommend our company as a great place to work. Um, working here motivates me to go beyond what I would normally do uh, in a similar role elsewhere. So these types of questions that are really about like, you know, like looking at the the outcome, I guess, if you will, of some kind of, of vision that's been shared with them or or understanding of how they fit um into uh the the company's mission. Yeah. And so um it's it's one of those things where the the larger a team gets the harder it is for everyone to feel connected to that vision. And if you combine it, right, like talk about how none of these are siloed um, principles, but if you connect it as well with transparent leadership, your team's not 
proactively or your leadership's not proactively communicating um, you know, what the vision is or what you're working toward, it can be hard to feel like your work is connected to that. And we all need that. I think in today's day and age, we're, we're beyond the point where we just show up at work, clock in and clock out. Um, we want to feel connected to some kind of purpose. It's probably why we work in WordPress as well. Um, so without having that, that meaning, um, we're, we're missing a big piece of that motivating, um, I don't know, thing yeah. to, to, to move us yeah. forward. I, I do know what you mean. I think there's kind of a nice virtuous cycle between transparent leadership and authentic purpose. There's a good degree of overlap there, isn't there? In the, if, yeah. if the, the leadership is transparent about how the company's doing and what have you, then the, the team can have a sense of what their purpose is and what the wider goals of the company are. So those two seem to fit really nicely together right at the top of the list. Okay, we're going up in score now. The third one is candid communication. Got a full 90. Um, and your recommendations from the data that you've got is foster open, honest, two-way communication and create a psychologically safe place to work. So again, I'll just hand it over. So this is interesting. So a lot of the scores were really high. And I would say that this is probably a function of who filled out the survey a little bit and also um, the distributed nature of a lot of WordPress teams kind of forces us to be more uh, proactive at communicating because we don't have the water cooler the same way. We don't have those passive communication approaches where you can just sort of rub shoulders with, with folks as you're going in the door, greeting people right. as you go in, mm. every every communication is kind of intentional, right? Like you get on a call for your stand-up or you get with your team to do a weekly call or whatever whatever those those rituals are. So we, we have to have that. Um, but in that are conversations that are positive and conversations that are negative. And even though we scored really high on some things, like there's open and honest two-way communication in our team, score to 97. I want to counter that with the lowest score in this group, which was uh, when it is clear that someone is not delivering in their role, we do something about it, which actually only got a 78%. Hmm. So quite a big divide there. It's still relatively high, all things considered. Um, but in the context of these scores, quite low com compared to, to some of the others that we're seeing. Which leads me to believe that maybe we're not as good at providing um, constructive feedback or we're, or, you know, sort of heading off somebody who's maybe not doing the best or not performing where yeah. they need to go to be yeah. at. Um, and so uh, we also ask questions around uh, inclusivity and in, in these types of things as well, right? Like when we think of diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging uh, around things like perspectives like mine are included in, dis in decision making which got a 90 which again i think is reflective of who filled this in coincidentally um just as a bit of a demographic uh point uh 28 of those who responded to the survey uh, identified as being from a historically underrepresented group which i think is really cool the number of of women uh, or people who identify as female was also significantly higher it was like 65 percent of those who like you didn't have to say whether you were from a historically underrepresented group or um, disclose your gender, but if you chose to, um, 
the results showed that 65% were, were uh, women, which I thought was really cool, um, but also probably overly representative of um, things like social media fields and marketing fields where um, people are present on, on Twitter more and, and in those roles um, compared to developers, which tend to, to skew more male. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'll tell you something, uh, James, and I hope that this goes down well. I'm obviously chatting to you about this, and you've explained this to me before, but this this whole thing is starting to make way more sense to me now. We're three points in, and I am I am really getting an insight into what you're trying to do here. This is great. I'm really enjoying this. Um because you, now you're explaining these little subsections, I can see the overlap. I am getting a, a real understanding of what mm. you're trying to do here. And, you know, if you're listening to this and you've been half paying attention, maybe stop, rewind, listen to it again, because this is fabulous. I'm thoroughly enjoying this. I'm getting a real understanding of what you're doing. So uh, firstly, bravo for doing it. And uh, let's move on. Number four, empowered ownership. Uh, again, quite a nice score, 90 uh, the recommendations out of that were ensure team members have the resources they need. Oh, yeah. The resources they need, act on innovative ideas and hold everyone accountable for results. Once again, over to you. I think the big thing is making sure we're clear about what empowered ownership means. Um, so really, this is interestingly enough. I, I saw a tweet from somebody in the WordPress ecosystem who's a CEO talking about um, how you know they ran all of the different things that they do uh, in their in their job through um, chatbot or chat GPT um, and we're told that they needed to like hire five different folks to take over a bunch of the work or they had five different roles that they could define out of it and I thought that was really interesting and I also talked to a lot of overloaded um, leaders who, feel like they have to make all the decisions about everything all the time. And empowered ownership is really all about figuring out how to distribute that decision-making throughout your team and throughout your organization and letting go of some of those big things and equipping your team to be able to make decisions and own those decisions, um, both you know the, the consequences and the, and the, the celebrations from it. Um, as possible, right? Like, like that's just what it is. So, you know, we have enough autonomy to perform our jobs effectively. That scored super huge because of course we're all remote for the most part in WordPress. So you have to be able to have, to give that autonomy away. Um, but coincidentally, we're also um, maybe not equipping with all of the information. To me, this is a, a leadership training thing, right? Like the information I need to do my job effectively is readily available was the lowest scoring 83%. Um, so there's opportunity there for us to just do better at, uh, especially in middle management of equipping our teams with all of the things they need in order to be able to do their job effectively. And and so there's a, a communication opportunity there. Yeah, it's really interesting, that one. I mean, I know personally, I find it very hard to delegate uh, decision-making, but I also know that the most, and I'm doing air quotes here, the, the most successful people I know are stupendously good at giving responsibility over to other people and saying, that's yours, you run with it, and then report back. And, uh, and yeah, so that's, that's really interesting. Okay, thank you. I found um, early on there's this, this uh, question sort of like 
again, a, a tool that I've used to help me in delegating. It's what are the things on my plate this week that only I can do? And what are the things that anyone can do? And if there are things that I'm doing that anyone can do, and I've got a team under me that, that can be doing this, what can I be doing to equip them to do that and own that? And is there something here that only they can do, right? Or that I can give away to them where, um, you know, I'm fine with that. And, and also thinking to yourself, how do I de-risk this? I, I love that word de-risk. It's probably a corporate buzzword, but like if I want, to give something away or I want to delegate a decision, but I'm worried about the outcome that they're not going to produce the results that, that I would expect, or they're not going to do it at the level that I want as a manager, right? Or as a leader, my role is to do everything I can to equip them so that that is de-risk so that the, the, the chances of them, you know, not doing it, not doing it the way I want or not being successful are lower. And that's one of my primary responsibilities as a leader. So getting into that headspace, I think for a lot of folks is part of that transition from a, um, it's going to sound awful, but from a doer to a leader, a doer to a manager. Yeah. And again, another virtuous cycle. You imagine the more that you can delegate those things, the more time you get in your life to concentrate on the other things in the, uh, in the company that need addressing that we've yeah. talked about them points one, two, and three. Um, so yeah, again, I can, I'm starting to make connections with all of the underlying stuff you're doing here. This is really interesting. Uh, number five, uh, 88, a bit lower than some of the others, but, uh, nevertheless, collaborative decision-making. So this, the recommendation is foster a sense of team unity, ensure tasks are fairly divided. Mm, nice. And promote collaboration. Once again, over to you. So this, I think, dovetails really well into empowered ownership, right? Like when, if we talk about delegating work and um, equipping our teams to, to be able to do these kinds of things, the counterbalance to that is collaborative decision-making. So helping your team know when to surface things that need maybe broader input um, for, for decisions. Um, and but it's it's two sided, right? Management involves people in decisions that affect their jobs or work environment. Was one of the the statements that we had on here. It scored um, eighty eight, which is the same as as the overall score. Um, I am appropriately involved in decisions that affect my work. Um, scored a ninety percent. Uh, the lowest one was administrative tasks that don't have a specific owner are fairly divided. That scored the lowest at seventy nine. And interestingly, this is actually um, a, a, what I call a DEI or an inclusivity question, because often what happens is people with the um, least amount of power, right, in the dynamic of a team are given the, the load of, of um, tasks that don't have an owner. Yeah. And, um, and that's coming through here as well. So we can see that um, there's work to do um, in order to make sure that just because somebody's, um, somebody's voice is maybe not as strong as others, that we are not just assuming uh, and dumping all of the extra work on them, right? But that we are looking for um, equitable distribution. Mm. Yeah, thank you. Number six really resonates with me. I always get bored quickly mm. and I always want to know What's the next thing that I can learn? That's, I don't know why that is, but that's just a feature of my life. So this is continuous learning. Um, it got a 90, and the recommendations are encourage learning and growth, see, mis see mistakes as opportunities for improvement, 
and show interest in team members' career goals. As I said, for me, if my job was the same week in, week out, and there was no hope that it was ever going to be different, oh, crikey, the, the interest evaporated within minutes of me starting the job. So yeah, over to you. Continue. This is one of my favorite ones because yeah. I think it's one that has the most opportunity to transform a company from the ground up. When we approach um, everything we do with this continuous learning mindset, it totally changes the way that we engage with each other. Um, it it moves us from a uh, a failure model to an experimentation model because we change the the framing of our of our questions. Right. So for a marketing campaign. If we don't achieve the results maybe that we expect, rather than that campaign being a failure, it's an opportunity to learn. What did we do in this campaign or what did we learn coming out of this campaign that we want to apply to the next one, right? Which I think is a much healthier way to approach work. Um, and when we apply that continuous learning mindset, not just to the work that we do, but like who we are and 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 our our sort of approach to personal growth or, or career growth, I think, um, and development, I think that's really, really exciting. So yeah, developing that, um, that idea that mistakes are, are not just failures, but they're opportunities for improvement. Um, but that we're also looking at like, how are we developing skills to in, in ourselves in order to be able to improve on that? Oh, you know, like I did this campaign, but I didn't really understand Twitter all that much or the Twitter, you know, like ads, um, dashboard. And so if I knew more about that, that would be really helpful. Okay. Well, let's go and learn more about that so that we can do better next time. Right. Yeah. Like all of that kind of stuff is really yeah. helpful. I also think we're in such a fast moving industry. You know, what was, what was applicable three years ago, broadly speaking is, is out the window. So the opportunity to learn and have that as part of your job description to continue learning and be given those opportunities and the time and the resources and and have somebody in the company taking interest in what you're doing and what you're learning and how it can affect the company's bottom line. Yeah, really interesting. Okay, next one, biggest score, um, inclusive culture, came out with a 93, very impressive. Uh, the recommendation is support flexible working arrangements, ensure workloads are reasonable and foster a sense of belonging. Once more, over to you. So I, I want to be clear, you know, like when we, when we talk about inclusive culture, we're not talking specifically about DEI, uh, B sort of like initiatives. That's, that's sort of a, that's a part of it, but it's really about this idea of being able to um, create an environment at work where we're promoting creativity, collaboration, innovation, right? Like, creating a safe uh, and supportive space where everyone feels welcome, heard, and respected, regardless of their background, perspectives, and experiences. So it's not the same thing as, you know, what we might come to think of as inclusion or or that, but it's inclusive of that. Um, apologize for using the same word a lot, but it's, we <laughs> ask okay. questions like, I can be myself around here. I feel like I belong here. We are genuinely supported if we choose to make use of flexible working arrangements. Um, my team leader cares about my well-being. People look forward to coming to work here. So it's a bit more, um, you know, sort of that sense of 
yeah, I'm accepted for who I am and I'm allowed to bring my authentic self to work and be who I am. And um, that's just allowed and, and that's great, right? And it's um, it makes it easy for me to just get on with things and, and, and be myself. So. Yeah, yeah. Okay, last of the um, the, the eight points is inten- intentional recognition. That was the one that I queried at the beginning. So the recommendation is acknowledge outstanding service, ensure promotions go to those who deserve them. Oh, that's a good one. Um, and provide fair compensation. Okay, so for the last time, over to you. The compensation one is always going to be an interesting one <laughs> yeah. because um, the and and so you you have to you know everyone wants to get paid more, right? I think that's pretty pretty true. Um, but uh, the way we ask the question or the way we present the question is, I believe my total compensation is fair in the context of our industry. Um, and it got 83, so not too bad, actually, mm. all things considered. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're also looking at things like, you know, we acknowledge people who deliver outstanding service here, and that scored a 91. Um, I receive appropriate recognition for good work. My job performance is evaluated fairly. Um, but also, I believe there are good career opportunities for me here. One of the things that often happens in smaller teams is that the job you have is the job you will always have. And that sense of forward momentum in your career doesn't exist because, well, first of all, teams don't have the systems in place to facilitate that, but also there's not a lot of, of you know, like upward momentum. If you're, you know, an engineer on the team, maybe the only position to go is up to like the lead engineer, the, the engineering manager. And if that position is filled by the founder, for example, you know, that oh, yeah, role will yeah. never become available. Mm. So um, being able to develop ways to recognize um, people and to actually create career pathways for them, keeping also in mind things like continuous learning, um, those pathways become really important. And we want to recognize people also in ways that are um, appropriate for them. My, I use this example a lot. My wife is, hates getting public praise. So like if you want to encourage her, you take her aside and you just say, hey, what you did there was really awesome. Well done. And with no one around. And that is all she needs. But if you bring her up front, right, or you you do like a public Slack message or something like that for her, oh, it's the worst thing. So we have to find within our teams the approach to recognition that works individually for each one and um, and uh, also make sure that we're compensating people, right? So if somebody's doing a good job, pay them for it, right? And and in your own budgeting, like if you're a senior leader or you're, you're in charge of these kinds of things, plan for not just the role somebody has today, but the role they're going to grow into in the next two, three, four years and, and financially plan for that. Hey, we want to pay this person this or we hope to get them to um, from a junior to a mid to a senior in the next two to three years and here's the pathway to get them there yeah absolutely fascinating so we've been through all the eight different points you have distilled those into three top level recommendations but as we've gone into everything in depth i think i'll copy and paste those into the show notes so if you're interested in that uh head to the the website and you can look at them there but um before we finish it off i'm just wondering you've written down next steps so in terms of team wp and the ongoing nature of this survey 
just tell us where you're going next, what's happening in the future, hopefully. Yeah, well, I want to get these results out there. So, you know, big campaign coming up to just publicize these results. Nice. I would love to see teams, whether they're using um, Team WP or not, to to ask these questions or or build these into their own habits and rituals within their team. These are all good questions that any team can ask at any time, But and these results will be open and public. So if you're looking to compare how your team is doing to, um, you know, the, the global WordPress um, uh, ecosystem, then then I think this is a great resource to do that. Obviously, if you're looking for support and help, love for you to come and hang out with us at Team WP, start a conversation and, and, and see where it goes. But, um, you know, what, what I would love is for teams to be able to have data for themselves that they can then make informed decisions about where they want to invest their time. So I use Barn2 as a great example. We did this with Barn2 and they identified, um, you know, like uh, transparent leadership as an area of opportunity for them, not because they weren't doing uh, great things, but because their team wanted to spend more time in connecting together, right? And they wanted to invest time together. And so that became um, an action item, right? For them to support the growth of their people and their culture to go out and do these things. And, and Katie, um, Katie Keith, you can see her on Twitter. She is always talking about, yeah, we did our next, you know, big all team gathering and, you know, we played this game or we did this thing. And it's just really cool to see mm. how they're very proactively taking the results of their own engagement survey and applying that to um, the way that they're working together and seeing positive results from that. So I'd love to see that happen all yeah. around the ecosystem. Yeah. Honestly, I've had a real epiphany during this recording. It really has the pieces of the jigsaw puzzle have firmly found their way into the right place. So firstly, if you've listened to this and you've got something out of it, bravo, great. If you didn't quite get it, honestly, go back, listen to it again. It may very well be worthwhile. And also, why not just share this episode around with the people in your organization? If you're a leader, you could share it with your employees. If you're an employee, you could, dare I say it, share it with your leadership team. And you never know, in the future, you may be able to do what Barn2 did and implement ideas and strategies from this. Because there's a whole bunch of stuff in there that it's unlikely you're going to think of all of these independently. And so having having Team WP having your back uh, is really, really great. So you mentioned that we can go to your website. Um, that's great. We can find that. We can Google it. But also uh, the URL is, is fairly straightforward. It's teamwp.co.co. Where else could we find you specifically, James, be that an email address or a social platform? Yeah, I'm on Twitter, um, you know, sharing photos of my kids and, and I fishing, but also talking about leadership and, and a lot of this kind of stuff. So it's just my my name at James Giroux, James, J-A-M-E-S-G-I-R-O-U-X for those of you curious about how to spell my French Canadian last name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Well, a really interesting topic. As I said, I've got a lot out of this. It was really, really interesting to delve deeper. James, thank you so much for being on the podcast today and very best of luck with Team WP. Thank you so much, Nathan. Thank you, everyone. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that fascinating chatting to James today about the subject of teams and the state of teams in the WordPress space. 
I'm pretty sure that if you listen to that podcast carefully, you'll realise that James is pretty serious about this endeavour. He's gone into, as you heard, lots and lots of detail. You can obviously contact him. You can find links on our show notes page. Head to wpbuilds.com and search for episode number 356. And all of the links, including James's comprehensive show notes, are included there. The WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by GoDaddy Pro. GoDaddy Pro, the home of managed WordPress hosting that includes free domain, SSL, and 24-7 support. Bundle that with The Hub by GoDaddy Pro to unlock more free benefits to manage multiple sites in one place, invoice clients, and get 30% off new purchases. Find out more by heading to go.me forward slash WPBuilds. And we do thank GoDaddy Pro for their unwavering support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, we'll be back next week. It'll be a chat with David Wormsley and myself. Now, I know that I said that David Wormsley was leaving the podcast, but if you listened back, you'll have noticed that I've started a new podcast with him. It's called The No Script Show, and we're hijacking the WP Builds podcast for several weeks to give you an indication of what that is all about. Give you a bit of a clue. It's all about web development, but not WordPress web development. The site for that is noscript.show. Also, don't forget that we do absolutely loads each and every week. Head over to wpbuilds.com forward slash schedule and you'll be able to see the times that we're doing things so that you can join us live. We've got things like this week in WordPress. We've got our Speed It Up show with Sabrina Zidane. And we've also got a Gato GraphQL webinar. And there's probably going to be loads of those in the new year as well. Okay, that truly is all that I've got for you this week. I'm going to fade in some cheesy music and say, stay safe. Bye-bye for now.